Hello, and thank you for joining us today. I'm Laura Evans, and you are listening to Hope for the Hurting. Our mission is simple. We want to provide hope and help to those who are hurting, lost, lonely, and in despair. My background is in broadcasting and radio, and I'm joined by my dad, Dr. Irv Wolf, who, in addition to being a pastor for over 30 years, has a background in marriage and family therapy. Dr. Irv has authored two books. He's the director of Hopewell Counseling in Minnesota, where he and my mom counsel individuals and couples. And today we're continuing our series on the armor of God. We are belting up, we are girding our loins, and we are preparing to, <laughs> to march. I can't even say that with a straight face. <laughs> we are preparing to march into battle in the spiritual realm as we take on Satan and his dominion of darkness. And we, we, know, we, we know we're in the end times or we're on the verge of the end times with everything that's going on around us. And so we need to be suited up. We need to be prepared. So today, the key piece of armor that we're discussing is the breastplate of righteousness. Oh, yeah. Well, Proverbs 4 says, watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Mm. So watching over guarding your heart is critical for Christians. Our hearts are the seat of life, and from it flow our thoughts and intentions and will yes. and emotions. Mm -hmm. How shall we guard our hearts? Well, we'll guard it with a breastplate of righteousness. So we're going to learn about that, what that was, what a breastplate was for a Roman soldier, yes. and what it is for you and me. Yes. Let's talk about the breastplate first. Two understandings of the breastplate of righteousness. Two understandings about righteousness. First, we don't put on the breastplate of our righteousness. It's not how righteous we are, but the righteousness of Christ. Well, that's a good thing. Because a <laughs> lot of us would be in serious trouble, including myself. Yep, yep. He is our righteousness. For apart from him, there is none righteous, no, not one, mm -hmm. says Romans 3.10. So our standing is in Christ, and we stand positionally in him. Christ is our righteousness, and his righteousness is imputed. Now, that's a theological term, but it means counted on our behalf. Christ's righteousness is counted on our behalf, imputed to us, and we are considered righteous mm -hmm. in him. So God views us as righteous, sinless, holy, undefiled, and treats us accordingly. Wow. That's astounding to me. That is. Because we're sinners and we know it. Right. But God views us through the lens of Jesus's righteousness. He looks at us, as mom would say, through rose-colored glasses. <laughs> yes, he does. The second understanding is our state or our practice. And that's quite different from our standing. In our state or in our practice, Christians are still stuck in the flesh we're still sinners who sin in thought, word, and deed. But the day will come when our state and our standing will be one. Christ will finally make us one on the day that we are raptured to meet him in the air. In the meantime, we battle the flesh and its sinful desires. And the breastplate of righteousness is critical in that fight. Yep. So what was a soldier's breastplate? What was that? What was it made of? And what did it do? I'm guessing, based on where it, the description and where it was located, it protected their vital organs, like their heart. Precisely. Yeah, precisely. The breastplate protected vital organs, heart, lungs, uh, inner organs, 
in Latin, the language of the Roman Empire, it was called a thoraca. Mm. And it gives us the English term thorax. And the thorax, according to dictionary.com, is that part of the trunk in humans and higher vertebrae uh, between the neck and the abdomen contains the cavity, uh, containing the cavity enclosed by a rib, sternum, and various vertebrae in which the heart, lungs, etc., are all situated. It's the chest. Mm-hmm. So it covered both the front and back and was held together by leather straps. Mm. It was made of iron or typically bronze uh, because bronze was lighter than iron. Iron is very heavy. Right. But that's all they had for many, many centuries. Uh, but bronze, uh, which was uh, considerably lighter, was very uh, sturdy, durable, and impenetrable, just right. like iron. Right. But, but a lot lighter. It overlapped uh, for movement and flexibility at the shoulders. It was attached to the belt of truth, the belt at the waist. Mm-hmm. And whereas the shield could protect from arrows, spears, or sword thrusts from an enemy, it could protect against every attack. And so body armor or a breastplate was crucial for survival yeah. on the battlefield. I could see that. Mm-hmm. Especially with close-up uh, warfare. Right. which you're going toe-to-toe against an enemy. Yes, yep. Uh, you know, you don't have time to, um, you know, to, to really at that point uh, try to defend every aspect of your body. Mm-hmm. You've got armor on, right. and that's what deflects a lot of the blows. Well, righteousness. Notice that Ephesians 6.14 tells us, put on the breastplate of righteousness. Well, as Christians, we're already declared righteous because of who we are and our standing mm-hmm. in Christ. So why do we need to put it on? Because this is talking about our life in the world. Mm. This is about how we live in an unsaved world, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a world that is God-hating. We're to put on right living. We're to put on speaking and behaving righteously. What will that involve? It involves a number of things. Right speech. Mm -hmm. Christians are to actively guard our mouths against slander, swearing, lying, anger, deceiving, gossiping, boasting. Mm -hmm. None of those are to mark Christians in how they speak. And then right actions. Christians behave right by refusing bribes, by not stealing, Mm -hmm. by not being violent, not getting even. We help the poor and the needy. We defer to the elderly. We don't become addicted to any substance or sex. We dis- discipline our children, and we are faithful to our spouses. Mm-hmm. So right, right, right words and right actions. Right, right. All of those are critical. Yeah, absolutely. And I find that the more you draw close to Jesus, the more the things that you used to be okay with and you used to tolerate are repulsive to you. Like yeah. you just don't want anything to do with them. I look yeah. now... I feel like this past year, as awful as it was, I've grown a lot in my walk with the Lord and the things that I used to think were fine in terms of music or TV shows, I can't even believe I watched them. I want nothing to do with them. And I want my children to have nothing to do with them. Yep, you're. And that's the breastplate of righteousness. 
Yep, your taste in media has changed. Right, it's a filter. It's a filter that it gets more sensitive the closer you get in your walk with the Lord. Boy, that's true. That's true. Well, let's talk about the heart just a little bit. In the same way that the breastplate guarded the heart of the soldier, righteousness must guard the heart of the believer. Guard our hearts. Guard our hearts from what? Well, fall. here's a number of things. False affections. Christians are not to love the world. Mm -hmm. It's money, it's power, it's fame, it's home, it's cars, it's bank accounts, stock and bond portfolios, all the things the world values, but they're all meant to perish. As Chuck Swindoll used to say, he's never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. Yep. You can't take any of it with you. Right. So you're down here on earth, make the most of what counts and what really counts are the souls of men and women and children. And That's it, and what counts. Right, absolutely. And if anything, we have seen that so much over the past year that your stuff doesn't matter. Yeah, your health matters. Doesn't. Your children matter. It your doesn't. loved ones. Yeah. Ask, ask Bill and Melinda Gates how much all those billions of dollars matters when it comes to having a godly great marriage. Mm -hmm. They're right in the midst of divorce with billions on the line. Because it Guess can't what? buy you happiness. It can't take any of it. It can't buy you happiness. It can't buy you a good marriage. So no matter how much money you've got, it doesn't matter. And Bill Gates, I think, is either number one or number two richest man in all the world. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter. Right. And the happiest people in the world are those who are content no matter what they earn, no matter what their situation. So false affections. And then false teaching. Uh, whether the false teaching comes from a university professor or from a mainline pastor. Christians are to be discerning. We're not to give our hearts to that which is unbiblical, ungodly, or untrue. This means we must be discerning in what we are told by the mainstream media and by Hollywood. Satan is the god of this world, and he informs this world of its values. He is the father of lies. Christians must guard their hearts mm -hmm. against the false teaching of the world. Absolutely. And then finally, we're not to be uh, aligned with false alliances. Mm -hmm. Christians are not to be yoked or bonded to unbelievers, whether in marriage or in business. Mm. Uh, for a believer, we're three-dimensional people, body, soul, spirit. Mm -hmm. But unbelievers are only alive in two dimensions, body and soul. Their spirit is dead in trespasses and sins. They can't possibly be yoked together and have it come out good. So what do you say to someone who is a believer married to a non-believer? Maybe they became a Christian after they were married, or maybe they just yep. weren't yep. thinking about it and it wasn't important and now it is. Yeah, I would say don't separate. Don't divorce them just because they're not a believer. Pray for them. Mm -hmm. Share Christ with them as the opportunity arise. And then live your life as a believer so that they can see the main difference and be drawn to your Christ. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, I believe what you do. Well, and not to put you way to do it. Right. And not to put you on the spot, but that's what happened with you and mom. Right. Yeah, exactly. I was not a believer when we married and your mom lived it out in front of me and prayed for me and her parents prayed for me every day. In fact, <laughs> uh, her dad, said, if you'll save that boy, I will share Christ with every sales call I make. Hmm. 
And he was faithful to do that. Wow. Uh, when I got saved, he either spoke verbally to his customers or he left them a track, which is like a little pamphlet yes. with the word of God in it. And so he, he did one or the other. He was very faithful to carry it out after I got saved. Wow. Uh, he was grateful to God for what God had done in my life. Yep. So don't give up. Don't give up if you've got a spouse that's not a believer. Don't give up. Yep. Keep, keep praying for them. Keep living your life the way you know God would want you to and, and stay faithful to him. Well, let's talk about the truth applied. Are you righteous? I'm not asking if you're a Christian. I'm asking, are you righteous in your standing before God? And the answer is you are if you're a believer. Mm-hmm. What I'm really asking is, are you righteous in your speech? Do you need to guard your lips? Every idle word that men speak, they'll give an account thereof in the day of judgment. Do you lie? Do you curse and swear? Do you brag or boast? Are you righteous in your actions? Mm-hmm. Or do you need to make some changes? Do you steal from your parents, from your spouse or your employer? Do you manipulate circumstances so they work out in your favor? Mm-hmm. Are you addicted to money, drugs, alcohol, sex, food, gambling, the cell phone, or even exercise, Mm -hmm. or gaming? Oh, yeah, that's a big one. Are you passive aggressive in your behavior? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right living also means changing your ways. Ask God to help you put on the breastplate of righteousness every day Mm -hmm. so that you'll live for him every day. Righteousness zeroes in on the battle to live a holy, godly life in an unholy, ungodly, devil-ruled world, Mm -hmm. we must daily put on our breastplate of righteousness and stand firm against the attacks of the enemy as he tries to penetrate our hearts. How do you defeat a shark when Um, you're swimming? Stay out of the ocean. (laughs) Yes, but if you're swimming in the ocean and a shark appears and decides to snack on you, How do you deal with that? Do you swim away? If you do, you'll become that snack. Right. The way you deal with a shark is you stand your ground. And as he approaches, you punch him as hard as you can in the snout. Hmm. And he will turn away. What if you can't find his snout because his mouth and his teeth are open? (laughs) Well, then you you sort of flail away until you hit his Mm -hmm. snout. That's how you have to deal with enemies. Right. Stand your ground, stand firm. That's funny because, you know, I told you I was listening to Pastor Jack Hibbs. He was interviewing Tony Perkins. They were just doing a little broadcast the other night. And he says, how do you deal with the bully? You're in kindergarten. You, how do you deal with the bully? The first day of class, the first week of class, you figure out who the bully is in the class. You go right up to him and you pound him in the nose. Never messes with you the rest of the school year. And and Tony Perkins is like, okay, well, we don't talk about bullying and we don't talk about punching. But (laughs) other than that, (laughs) but you're right. You take him on. You just say, I am not. And in this context, we're talking about Satan. I am not someone that you're going to mess with. I'm a child of the king. I'm a blood-bought child of the king. And he, as his child, we have this armor at our fingertips and we just have to put it on. We have to utilize it. God's given it to us, but he's not going to make us put it on. It's our, it's like, it's like a, you know, a beautiful new ball gown hanging in your closet. You can choose to wear it or you can choose not to wear it. It's yours. It's there, but you have to put it on. 
So that's what we have to do. We have to choose to put that on daily in order to be able to stand a chance against the attacks of the devil. So I would encourage you to start with knowing Jesus as your savior. Do you know him? And, you know, we were talking about all the things that we need to guard ourselves against, you know, the, the addictions and the drugs and the alcohol use and all that. When you become a child of the King, you have the Holy spirit within you that helps you overcome these kinds of things. These are not, these types of sin issues are not things that you can battle in your flesh. You can't just will, will your way through it, power yourself to not being addicted anymore. No, you need that power of the Holy spirit to get through these things. God doesn't expect you to tackle this on your own. He expects you to come to him totally broken and submissive and say, I give up. I can't do it myself. I need you. Please give me your Holy spirit and help me overcome my areas of addiction, my sin areas, these ingrained sinful habits that I have. He doesn't want you to tackle them on your own. He wants to help you. And it starts with inviting him into your heart to be your Lord and Savior. And it's as easy as ABC. Even a child could do it. A is admit that you're a sinner. As we talked about tonight, every single one of us has sin areas that we we need to be working on. And B is believe that Jesus is Lord. He's the Lord. He came as a baby. He grew up and then he died on the cross having lived a completely sinless life. And then C is call upon his name. Cry out to him. Admit that you need help. We all need help. And he's the only one that can save us. And dad, will you walk us through that, the sinner's prayer for salvation? Yes, I would be honored to. Dear Heavenly Father, you know that I've sinned. I am a a sinner, but I have a great savior. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ is my savior. I want him. And I acknowledge that I deserve hell. I acknowledge that I'm lost. And apart from Christ, uh, I have no hope, but in Christ, I have all hope. And so I, I thank you. I believe in Jesus. I believe he came and died in my place. Mm-hmm. And now he lives and he's seated at the right hand of the heavenly father and that he is interceding for me and pleading my case before you in the courts of heaven. Mm-hmm. And I confess him. I confess that Jesus is Lord. I confess that Jesus is nothing less than the Son of God. Mm -hmm. And I ask you into my heart, Lord, make me born again. Mm -hmm. Make me, uh, give me a new start. Make me a new creation. And I pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, amen. Thank you, Jesus, that you meet us right where we're at. You don't want us to be perfect. You want to take us right where we're at, and you want to work with us. Um, to, to shape us into the person that you want us to be. And if you prayed that prayer, you made that decision to give your life to Christ. We would love to celebrate with you. You can email us at hopewellcouncil at gmail.com. We'll send you some materials to help you grow in your faith. And we're just so, um, so grateful that you chose to join us today for this episode of Hope for the Hurting. Next week, we're going to be discussing the peace shoes. Feet shod with the gospel of peace. <laughs> You can find all the episodes in this Armor of God series and our series that we did before that on the end times. You can find those on the different platforms that we upload to, which includes Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Anchor.fm. And you can also find all these episodes at hopewellcouncil.com. I'm going to end with this passage from Psalms. Psalm 34, 17 through 22 says, The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. 
The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. Evil will slay the wicked. The foes of the righteous will be condemned. The Lord will rescue his servants. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned.